I think I came in too strong last week, honestly. <laughs> no, you were all good. I loved it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to No Apologies Podcast. I am your one of your hosts, Garrett, and we have... Andrea. I'm Rory. I think Garrett was going to say wonderful host, Garrett. I think he was going to compliment himself. No. <laughs> I'm the host. I'm not at all. I don't know, um, So we are back today, and before we get started on the album and the film that we've chosen, Actually, I do... Actually, I feel too close to you guys now. Oh my god. She was not... <laughs> she was giving me crap about not sitting next to her, and now she's talking about how she, like I'm too close, or we're too close. We love it. Um, but anyways, yeah, so I'll sag it. <laughs> He passed away. Didn't that happen two weeks ago? Did he? Yeah, it was yes. supposed to be for last podcast. Yeah, I was oh. going to say that too, but I didn't know. Yeah. Well, we did Betty White, so that's that's one unfortunate, tragic death. Also, Meatloaf passed away. I think yes! Yeah. Uh, bless his heart. Oh my God, R.I.P. to a legend. You know how I first found out about him was Rocky Horror? Horror. Yeah. yeah. Everyone. I didn't know that was him. I was like, yes. But anyways, on to the album. Actually, uh, I think the... I heard his music first. Yeah, I did too. Really? I think my dad played it, and then I was he was like, hey, this is Meatloaf. I was like, he's Meatloaf. And then I he showed me know. the song, and then he showed me the movie. I need to look up what his real name is, because I don't even know what his actual name is. Like, it even matters. I mean, it's fucking Meatloaf, for God's sakes. Um, but anyways, the band and the album that we're doing today, it's a band called Deaf Haven, and the album is, I've got it pulled up, Ordinary Corrupt Human Love. It was made is in 2018. It? Mm-hmm. Deaf Heaven. Yeah, Deaf, Deaf Heaven. heaven. Oh, I said Haven at first and last yeah. night I looked down like there's an E in there. Wow, mm-hmm. I feel like a dum-dum. I'm sorry <laughs> about that, guys. Deaf Heaven. Um, mm-hmm. I loved this album. I think it was absolutely magnificent. I had a surreal experience. I listened to it in the shower. It was steamy. It was psychedelic. Very much on brand. <laughs> Thanks for um, setting the tone. Yeah. <laughs> and in, well, I will say, these lyrics are out of this world. I love the lyrics. Good choice, They're very, like, story-like. This, uh, yeah. I mean, yes. you guys like this? I, I ate it right up. This is yeah. probably, like, my third favorite album I know. It's Ooh. not even my favorite. I went or, and looked at what their most recent album they put out and try and like listen to it to see what it was like. I did not like it as much. It's not anything like this at all. I know. I thank you. I, that's my least favorite. But my favorite one is definitely their first. But this one, like, I just wanted to see how the vocals were because if he's been doing that for three albums or something, oh honey, you oh, he's need done to have for, throat surgery. He's, he's been doing it for ten years. Okay. Well. Yeah, they did a ten years. A live album? That's actually probably one of my favorites. I think that's what I saw. Wasn't it titled after... Wait, don't oh, tell t- me. Glint, right? It was like some Glint live. Oh, this? Oh, but there was a different one, but it had the same cover. Yeah, yeah, it was Glint, yeah. It's okay, this whole the, okay, album. Okay, I, yeah. I saw the single then. Mm. Yeah, I'm really interested to listen to oh, some Oh, their new one? He just sings. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's why I went to check out how the vocals were like on the new on on Infinite Granite. Yeah. Yeah, he just sings. How do y'all feel about artists putting monologues into stuff? I love that. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Like in uh, let's just start at the beginning. You without end. Yeah. Like, for me, the first half of this album is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Like you without end, Honeycomb and Canary Yellow. I like Canary Yellow. Oh, just so good. But like the piano, the way like it feels like waves are coming in at the beginning of You Without End, Mm -hmm. and it's just the woman talking. And then, yeah. like, it goes into the scream. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love all it's that. It's quite a transition, and it gets your attention right off the bat. I mean, it grabs you, which is why I was hooked from the time it started. But 
I kind of, I don't disagree with that. I love all aspects of the album, but I think my t- top two were Near and Glint. Near yeah. was really good. Oh my yeah. Even though oh, it was repetitive, Nier. it was like really yeah. chill. It, I think it's supposed to be like that. Though. Yeah. Like, if you listen to their early music, it's like kind of more like that. But I'm trying to make it a goal of mine because, you know, like Glint? I didn't do it. I like mm-hmm. Night People a lot. I like Night Glint People too. Yeah, Night People's good. It has that female vocalist. I can't remember her name. She's not, she's not credited, so I don't know. Um, but I'm trying to get more into music that's like, it's so differentiated the further into it you get. Because you mentioned that with the last album, how it felt like we were listening to the same song. Which, at first, I thought this felt repetitive. Mm-hmm. But it's broken up by no. things like Near yeah. and Night People. Well, that's why I different. like Near and Glint. is because like we go from like very heavy, very like Scream-esque to like, just softness and like yeah. soft vocal mm-hmm. stylings. I'm like, this is magnificent. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that too. I think what I like is how angry the music can be, but how happy the chords are. Yeah. And, yes. um, yeah. They're like, I know it's not psychedelic rock, but like mm-hmm. that's kind of some of the vibes that I got from it. Mm-hmm. It's like that kind of surrealism vibe. Like, I feel like I should be like, I don't know, in another dimension because of the guitars (laughs) and everything. Oh, it's so so atmospheric. I do have like canary yellow. I do have a question though. So drumming. I I was about to mention the drumming drumming was really great in that. I do have a question though. So when you look up like the different labels or tags that's associated with these kind of music as well as like this album, there's so many different ones. Not Wikipedia. I was like, this is the first time I'm actually looking at Wikipedia. I got it from another website. But Shoegaze? Yeah, you've never listened to Shoegaze? No, what is Shoegaze? Shoegaze? It's like from the 80s, like My Bloody Valentine. Ooh, okay. The way I first learned, I I probably have seen that term before, but I didn't ever pay attention to it until you asked me that time. You were like, can I mention that this is Shoegaze in this article? I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Okay, so it also mentioned in other articles that I read about, not just Wikipedia, can't trust it, don't ever trust it, but... It mentioned anti. Does that mean it's like? I saw that. Yeah. Does that mean it's ta- touching on like certain issues that it's anti for? If that makes sense, or is it just like you know? I think it's songs? um. Well, okay. So this is like post rock. Yeah. Uh, shoegaze and black metal, and. I t- did I say that title too? I don't know where I read this, but these are all seeming very familiar. Like I read something. <laughs> oh, uh, I think I've done something on a band like this, but, um, like I've done one on liturgy. But, uh, Deaf Heaven, like, people don't like to call them black metal because there's so much yeah. shoegaze. But if you listen to their earlier stuff, it's way more aggressive, but it's still really happy chords, if that makes sense. Like, and there's a ton of, like, pretty much shoegaze is just when they use a ton of distortion. I love that. And, um, oh, well, I've always... I saw Anti is under exclusive license to Anti. And oh well, I well no, it said that on every single article that I read, so it's probably actual. But no, I really like that because there is something that I've been getting into here recently on Spotify. I treat Spotify kind of like the music world of Netflix, so I'll literally just scroll through different playlists or different vibes. And oftentimes, I came across one yesterday or a couple days ago, and it was titled "Oblique," and it was literally experimental like sounds and like vibrations and different kinds of just. Stuff you don't hear every day, and I, this album is that. I love it. I yeah. I love it. I love, yeah, my favorite songs, I think, are definitely, like, Honeycomb. Cause I love Honeycomb. Honeycomb, Honeycomb is like, great. It's so mad, 
And then, it, like, suddenly, like, two minutes in, there's just, like, this release of energy. I yeah. will say, and, you can, it's like each song, some of them are so long. Yeah. But, but it feels like two songs in one. Yeah. They and when it I saw, when I saw that, like, Honeycomb, I think it was, it was going to be, like, 10 minutes, I was like, girl, I need to lay back and, like, chill because this <laughs> is going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. But do you, like, I love the breakdown, like, in the middle of Honeycomb. Yeah. Or, like, at the end where it's, like, I don't know, it's just... The breakdowns in this were absolutely yes. out of this world. I will say that. Um, and then the but beginning of Canary Yellow. are really, like, like you said, atmospheric, but, like, kind of 80s pop rock yeah. with the lead guitars. And that's, like, oh, yeah, that's definitely, like, that post-rock influence, too. But you're right, 80s pop rock, yeah. and that's where kind of, like, post-rock comes from. But, like, Canary Yellow, the beginning... It is, like, super pop rock with the drumming just, like, yeah. pushes it so... F- I love the percussion during this entire album. I, I think it's yeah. so cool. It is so good. Like, I could probably just listen to the instrumentals. Yes, yeah, that part. What but I wanted to say is, was, like, oh. the instrumentals is, like... This whole album basically is an instrumental because if you're not someone who can... If you don't have the time to sit down and look at the lyrics and yeah. read the lyrics, it's, like, well, hard to understand. They want it to be like that because they want the screaming to add to the distortion. Yeah. And the distortion is all about the notes that you hear that you shouldn't. And the ones that are just in the background. And the screaming's adding to that, the guitar. Which is like the sc- it feels yeah. like it's in the background. It's exactly. not. And the- only the singing is pulled to the front. When yeah. he's screaming, it's like in the background. Yeah, and it's. I think it's supposed to be like that. But yeah, the drumming itself, like, he's top tier. This is, yeah, my favorite album is probably their first one. Or like, no, second, Sunbather. Or their live album. And then New Bermuda is okay, but this one, I like, it's just so happy. And then the second half of the album, like, Lint, and, like, Worthless Animal is also really good. It's, like, kind of long, but I still loved it. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was a lot that I liked about this one. And, I mean, it got on my list of, like, or I say list, it got put in my library, so. Like, if you have time to read the lyrics, the lyrics are, like, very poetic. Yeah. They're very... poetic, they're abstract yeah. in a way. Like, I mean, this, again, it's one of those albums that you've got to take the time out of your day to understand. I shouldn't say understand, because I think that's a huge stigma that people in music industry, not in music industry, but people like us who actively listen to different kinds, they try to, like, understand it too much, if that makes sense sometimes. And I'm just like, you can't understand it. You just got to, you know, vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think um, I liked Canary Yellow just because when I was younger, I remember there was this website for Crayola where you could go see what the color is. And yeah. Canary Yellow is a Crayola oh, color. Yeah. Oh, wow. And I just liked that idea that of a canary. I don't know why. Yeah. It is uh, a good image. Yeah, Canary Yellow. But he mentioned other birds in there, too. Which, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I think mine's probably like You Without End, Honeycomb, or... I did like You Without End, though. Like, because it is kind of different. And I do like the spoken word. Yeah, I love the spoken word and like mm-hmm. how like she transitions into a screen the yeah. second time, mm-hmm. and but and the music is just really beautiful. Like throughout yeah. this whole thing, it's like such nice music. It's yeah. like again, psychedelic angelic is what I would if I were writing a story about this. Those would be the two like adjectives that I use to describe it, like psychedelic and you know just chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know. It's like that meme. Have you guys seen it where it's like the black house and the pink and purple house? Yes, yeah. yes. It's like, it's like the lyrics versus the sound. It's combining. It's a paradox almost. Yeah, like it's when you very think contradictory. About it. yes. I was very surprised you guys like this. No, I love it. That's what I'm saying. I love. He texted us and he was like, "I don't want to listen to this if you guys." If are you're gonna, gonna shit on it, it. like <laughs> I'm just like, "Girl, we're not gonna shit on it. Like we're gonna love it." What do you mean? That's the and, point of the podcast. And so what? 
Yeah. Even if we don't like it, it's like, that's what we Well, I just wanted to have a good conversation about it. If you guys didn't like it, that's fine. True. I just didn't want to sit here. It would just be you sitting here defending it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's the Rory podcast now. No. (laughs) I'm so good. I loved it. This was a great choice. We just owned at the same time. That was kind of (laughs) spiritual. I don't know if you heard it. You're going to hear it if you're listening, but... Yes. Um, but yeah, it was great. And it's... I'm going to go ahead and rate it, and I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Okay. I'm going to give it, like, a 7. Yeah. Because if you don't want to... If you're trying to really listen to the lyrics and stuff, it can be exhausting. Yes. But... Yeah. If you just want to listen to it, and because the instrumentals are a thing, they're so great... Well, so I, I listened. Seven. Maybe seven and a half. Well, I listened to it all the way first, and then I went back and looked at the lyrics because I just could not follow while listening. It mm-hmm. was too much. I was so like caught up in the. And there's so much going on too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you feel like you have to listen to the lyrics, and I'm a lyric person. Like I like to listen to the lyrics and read them. Yeah, I would also. So. I would also. I wouldn't mind listening to this in almost like a sensory deprivation kind of way because I feel like that would make it more like. Mm-hmm. Just, I don't know, trippy. See, I can get by without the lyrics. I think it's because I yeah. listen to so much classical music and, like, stuff like that. So sometimes to me, I'm just like, I'm here for all Well, all considering that, it was our music. first time listening yeah, to yeah, it, yeah. you kind of want to know the lyrics. Yeah, no, From I don't now, like, I feel like I could listen to a song and be like, okay, I don't have to worry yeah. about what he's talking about. And you'll notice, like, so much more stuff then. Do you guys think you'd listen to more of it? Well, I want to listen to, what was that, sunbathing? It's not sunbathing. Yeah, sunbathing. Is it sunbathing? I would. I'd give it a chance. But yeah. I also want to listen to Dreamhouse. Dreamhouse seems like it's good. It's on their list of most popular songs. So Dreamhouse is, more, is so blissful. Mm-hmm. Just listen to it with, real, like, headphones or good speakers, and it's so blissful. And the drumming on that song, insane. But yes. Works. It's different though. It's it's different. Like it's gonna have way more distortion on it. But yeah. And I like the album cover. Oh, for Sunbather? Oh, I didn't oh. see that one. But I like. Oh, this you'll one. love that one. And this one's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. it's just a woman also, with a scarf. Also, this is such a random thing that I noticed the other day, and it's like really off topic. Alanis Morissette's album covers, except for her for Jagged Little Pill, yeah. are awful. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta oh, look. I gotta I look this up that. now. They're not good. Sorry, Alana, so they're not good. Oh, my God. And they all look the, kind of the same. Yeah, I can understand that. Some artists do that. Let's see. You don't like the, um... Yeah, you said except Jagged Little yeah, Pill. Yeah, that one I understand, and I like yeah. it. But the rest of them are just, like... I see what you mean. Not good. Yeah, it's like graphic art. <laughs> Definitely of its time. But anyways, yeah, on moving topic, on to the yeah. film... Okay, so I this film, confused. I was very confused too. It's called it's called Black Bear. Black Bear, yeah. And pretty much, I read about it, and they said they wanted whatever whatever you think the ending is. Let the this is like super interpretive. They it's, wanted it's a be. very overall interpretive film, and I, I think feel it was like a parallel universe. Really? Well, and, no. So here's the connection that I made. So y'all probably have no idea what this is, but I used to be a huge theater nerd in high school. One of the plays that I studied was "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf." Does that ring a bell? They mentioned that in an article I read about it. Well, yeah. this is why it reminds me of that. So in "Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf," you have Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton, tumultuous romance, right, all throughout the course of their lifetime. So. They bring in this couple, and they play these mind games with this couple. Like, they'll start arguing and bickering, and they get off on it. You know, it's crazy. And so that's kind of the vibe it gave me, because you have, it's kind of meta in a way. Like, you have a film within a film. film. Yes, it was so crazy. 
Okay, let's let's break down the beginning. This is in two parts. Okay, part one. Okay. The bear Allison. near the bear in the woods. The bear in the woods. I yeah. think, and then the second one is the bear by the boat. By the no, no. Yeah. It's not the bear in the woods. I thought it was the bear on the road. No, Maybe? It's, yeah, I, I thought it was know. the bear in the woods. We could be wrong, but the second part is definitely the bear, bear by, by the lighthouse. The bear by the boathouse. By the boathouse, yeah. So, Allison, played by the I think it's the Aubrey bear Plaza. by the road. And the thing is, let's call her Aubrey Plaza. Or just, Allison. Okay, Allison. So, Allison comes in by the road, yeah. and in the first part, she's the bear. And then in the second part, uh, uh no, Blair, Blair, but... Blair, and Gabe are both the bear, and they're by the lake house. Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's what I took from it because it was. I think I'm pretty sure it was. The I bear interpreted the it. Okay, as... it doesn't matter what the first part is called. Okay. Either one. I'm gonna look at how it doesn't matter. Either way, she shows up to this. Yeah, she shows up lake to this house. cabin, this cabin. lake house, mm-hmm. and there are some wonderful shots of her in the I opening. I love how this was filmed. The color. It was so everything. good. It was so satisfying. So saturated when they yes. were inside. It was great. And I loved how it was way it was the the differences. Yeah. In when they were filming it versus how you see yes. the first episode. And I will tell you one scene that kind of like really got me going was when he was watching her through the viewfinder and he was like you could tell he was okay just but doesn't the up. movie it doesn't open up with her the first scene really is her sitting on the pier on the dock. and yeah. she gets up yeah and then that's the one that keeps her playing plays for like three times yes yeah. okay so, so also is that like a restart you think of the script yes she's writing yes that's what is it that's like another thing i read yeah, that's, yeah. That's because i thought I this was a very circular film at first because i saw that she was going and sitting in the red chair and writing the red multiple chair, I love times that. How yes bathing, bathing suit was red mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. yeah and then um what's her name uh the bear in the road. She put perfect. She put on that red top, and I was like, "Girl, the red is consistent in this film." At the very mm. end, when she yes, honey, I was like, "Girl, we love symbolism here." <laughs> oh yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, I loved all the parallels but let me tell you, between both but scenes let me, too. Let me say what I interpreted at wow words interpreted it as. Um, so when, like, she hits the bear in the car or whatever, mm-hmm. or, like, almost runs across it, I think that was her, like, kind of coming to the conclusion about the director, not the director, but, like, the man that was, um, what's his name? The one that Gabe. was... Gabe. yeah. I think it was her coming to the realization of, like, who he was and, like, how he was confused and how he just didn't know what he wanted and how he couldn't be trusted. He was but so then, manipulative. And he was, yes. And then when we in get to the scene... Parts, yeah, but when we get to the scene, the final scene, which the ending pissed me off. I want to say that now because I know it's interpretive, but it left too many, un- like, I mean, unanswered questions. she let herself die by the bear. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is she calling it quits right now? Well, I thought that it was just her because, like, she the last shot is her, like, just staring at the bear. Staring I thought at the she camera. was going to open the door and let the bear in. I, okay, That's I what I wanted her to those, do. Yeah. yeah, I thought that too. But then I was like, well, maybe it's just since it literally goes to black, it doesn't even fade, it just goes straight to black. But she I walks thought, towards it. Yeah. Do what? She walks towards it. Does she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She turns around and walks towards yeah. it. I, I kind of interpret it as, like, her stepping into her own strength in a way because like bears they're strong and you know, his sneaky. nickname was bear yeah she called him bear yeah yeah and i one character so, yeah i think he was the bear i will say one character i could have done without i i don't know if he was a doctor on set but it was the um the man that like she went upstairs with Baco. 
I think. So it was the man that was in the bed that was screwing that girl when she came downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. I could have done without his character. I don't know. It was just You know what I did like, though, is that how in the second part we have all these new characters. Yeah. It kind of refreshes the movie. Yeah. And that's that's kind of why I think it may just be. And, like, it starts with a scene over her by the lake going up and riding. Like, I think it is her riding a scene. But also, like, there are things, other things that happen in both parts, like, the trash being knocked over mm-hmm. outside. And, and then, every time she walked, like, both times she walked down that path, and she all of a sudden the camera switched. Also, the sound effects with, like, Oh, yeah, and there was a rustling yeah. in the leaves. And then, so but that, also, um, when she ran into the house to get the keys, yeah. um, there's a bear on the door, and you see the bear. Really? And when she goes, I yeah, and when you go back, and when she goes back and she catches her husband cheating, there's a bear on the door again in a tree. And, or both times, I think he's Maybe the, the bear could represent, like, I don't know, rage. Because, Probably. Like, I, I think, see, this is the thing. There's so many different ways you could interpret literally every scene of yeah. this film. It's crazy. I don't know. I think it, yeah, it must I kind of like parallel universe. Because yeah. it's both happening. I imagine it's both happening at the same time. Also, did they all, like, die in the car crash? That's what I, I was know. wondering. I That's, and I hated that end like I was that. trying to... So, my thing is, like, where the opening... Was the first scene inspired... Or, like, like her thinking back or dreaming about what happened in the second scene? Or is the second scene being written because of, of the personal experiences that happened yeah. in the first scene? Yeah, I like, was thinking are they that related too. somehow? And, like, but... I was also, like... Um, like going into this movie, and uh, like twenty minutes into the first scene, I was like, "What if they're filming this right now?" That's what and I was thinking was going movie. on based yeah. on at least the trailer. Yeah, I was and, like, "Maybe they're maybe this is all movie." And that's originally what it was supposed to be. Hmm. I read that like the director wanted it to be like that, and then he changed it. Which I thought that's what it was starting in the second, but then when I saw the other actor playing him yeah. and he was the director. But the director, yeah, and the director was modeling some of the movie after himself. I read. Yeah. Because like he's also married to another director, and they both work in the film industry. Well, he's married. What you mean? Oh, in real yeah, life. in real life. Yeah, yeah, I did read that because they have another yeah. film. I think I saw where her last name is. This is dedicated to her. It was like the last. Her last name was Tackle or. I don't know, but he was he is the director of a really, really good found footage horror film called VHS ninety two, I think is what it's called. Um, oh, it's the same director? It is. Mm-hmm. And it's like a huge found footage film where like these students go out to look for uh, a missing student, if that makes sense. And they find like all of the found footage of the student and they watch it and it's like it's one of the best films ever. But, um, yeah, no. This one was... This one stumped me. I was very confused. Definitely. And that doesn't yeah. happen very often with me in films. Yeah. I think it was meant to be like that, though. I think... I think the biggest, like, most plausible theory is that she was just writing scripts over because you see that th- scene three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Yeah. Like, it always ends with her opening the book and writing. And... I'll tell you a way I kind of wish it would have went... And this is just how I would have written it. 
I kind of wish it would have been like a Norman De- Norma Desmond situation where she was like living in this movie world because she was so passionate about what she was writing and like the project she was doing. And at the very end, we find out that like it's all been in her head, basically. Like yeah. no one's there. Yeah, She's but that's like in the beginning. It's she goes there because she kind of lost that creativity. And she Why did stuck. she go there? That's what I was wondering. Well, I mean, you could just say it's like the lighthouse and it's purgatory, and she's just reliving that place True. over and over yeah. again. Um, she went there to like because she it was like a creative thing. Like they welcomed artists into their oh. home. We'll see. No, let me tell creativity. you. Let me tell you. I went into this blindly. I didn't look up trailers and read yeah, articles same. or nothing. But I went into it as soon as she went in that cabin or whatever, and there was the um, there was Gabe and that other girl. I was like, "This is some freaky stuff." Like I seriously thought like it was gonna go in the direction of they're wanting to bring a third into the relationship, and I'm like, "What is gonna happen?" (laughs) But it wasn't that, thankfully. It was so weird though how I knew he was gonna cheat. Yeah, obviously. It was so obvious. But how um, as soon as she got there, it was immediately like so much tension between. The three. Blair and, yeah, just all of them. And it's just, and well, that's I why. feel like it was supposed to show that the couple, they were just in there by themselves. Yeah. And they were fucking, like, going off at each other. Yeah. Which, and then, like, yeah. someone came in. Yeah, and she they didn't had do a, shit when she came yeah, in. Yeah, and no. then, like, they had someone else, and they just had an immediate excuse to yeah, take it but out but on clearly, her. like, at dinner, when they were talking, clearly, they were not on the same page about this house situation. Or yeah, anything. they, yeah. Well, And she clearly did not want to be pregnant and in this relationship. Yeah. I found it, no, I found it very... He obs- didn't want the baby either, apparently. I found it so obscure that, like, she, whenever she was talking to, like, the... Her name keeps leaving my head, but, like, the blonde-headed Blair? chick. Blair, yes. When she was talking to Blair in the, like, very beginning, I found it so obscure that, like, she even admitted to him later on, like, yeah, no, all of that that I just told her was a lie. Like, I know what yeah, that word Yeah, she said, means. I've been lying since I got here. Yeah, yeah I'm like, Blair. girl, honey, why well, are you lying to Allison people? said the line. Well, in the first oh, okay. part, she doesn't have a name. We don't get her name until part two. Mm. Allison? Yeah. No. They, I knew her name in the first part. I don't remember her being called Allison in part one. That's she true. as soon as she gets out of the car, he's like, "So you're Allison?" Oh yeah, okay, you're right, you're right. My bad. Still. Yeah. I don't uh, know. And like all the fighting comes down to like a lot of social problems and things. Like yeah, like infi- and, infidelity and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and the like whole issues. the whole yeah. like first half to me was so wild because like. I was just like, who would get themselves in this situation and stay there? It was almost frustrating, exactly. Yeah, it was frustrating. And because they were so passive-aggressive to each other, they couldn't even have a conversation. Yeah, and then then he got drunk, and he did start talking about the feminism stuff. Yeah. That pissed me off. I was like... I'll have you know. It's not as bad as what most people could say, but I was still like, this is all wrong. Like, dude, you're just getting yourself farther into a hole. But it's like, none of these characters... And I liked Allison... But kind of, I liked kinda. her better in part two. Yeah, yeah. I liked both all characters better in part two, but they were still all terrible. I just well, no, I think all of the characters. I just... didn't think Allison was terrible in part two. Well, I think in I part either, two, but I, oh, I mean, yeah. just mean like, well, Allison wasn't. She was the entire victim. Well, no, I just think that everyone on that film set in part two absolutely just spiraled because I mean, if it wasn't the fact that like. You had people that, like, were just always high on the set, which I found yeah. absolutely hilarious. The way that Nora never could find the lines they were yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was so That was so, so frustrating. Yeah. And like, but. <laughs> I'm like, baby, I hate how fired. none of them helped Allison. 
True. In, in well, the second part. The girl they did kind at the of, end. That, yeah. Well, they the girl really in that, in the, um, that gay guy was like... They were, like, there for her whenever oh, yeah. she was Yeah, doing. but, Because like, they were, like, you need to go away and give her space. But my whole thing is, like, it was just it the reason... It should have happened way before that. The reason I say I could have gone without, like, that character that I was talking... Because they didn't know what was going on either. Yeah. Yes, did. They dropped... When, when... Only Blair and the director knew that they were being manipulative to get her to be... No, they scenes. knew. You can't tell me they knew. Because at the dock, right, when they're talking, there's a whole scene just dedicated to how the crew members react. And how they look away and how they go like, nope, I don't want to look at this. And it happens every single time you ask her to go outside. They're like, oop. Well, I and thought it was... I, I thought think it, they know what's happening. I thought it was a case of um, Aubrey's character just being a pawn in their games. Which is why I literally said it reminds me of Virginia... Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? Because there's that whole sequence where um, Blair and like the boy or the guy or whatever, they're sitting there talking about like how, you know... They, it's gonna happen this way and like you know oh when she does this this means that and it's like literally they're controlling and her the like night, a chess piece exactly and I the night day difference between how they were together in the first scene versus now they're like giggly and like manipulative in the second it doesn't make part. any sense i like that well i like that they're treating i like the idea that and they're blair treating her and kind of like a pawn too yeah like, blair and allison's characters can be interchangeable at times too yeah, yeah especially like between part one and part two yeah but yeah. like but the thing is, Al. Okay, Al. The, the difference, the difference between the two though, is that in the first half, Blair does all of that sober, and Allison gets really. Blair drunk is it. not sober. She kind of. She drinks like so many glasses of wine, which is okay. another thing that Gabe right. gets upset about because she's pregnant. Well, also, yeah. I just think that every time she fakes uh, to me she was faking whenever her and like uh allison got into that altercation or whatever like where she landed on the couch blair landed on the couch and she was like in pain and screaming and everything i'm like girl if you don't stop i don't trust anything you do right now. from her nose like literally it was a nosebleed i think are you talking about the first half or the second because in the first half, when was... she's on the couch, and that's like in the first part when she's pregnant i thought she was bleeding from her nose no and like she was like miscarrying or whatever oh. like it was oh, okay maybe not that's why they told her to go get the car oh, like oh yeah okay well i don't know i'd also like she to was say also really i mean allison's character was really messed up when she had yeah. to drive to i was like you're gonna yeah. ask this girl exactly but i mean they, i guess they all were but i also think because this is so like confusing and like just could be interpreted in so many ways that's why i also think it could be easily put on to a stage, like I, every scene, I could picture this dialogue and the characters yeah, being this could on be like, stage, yeah. and I'm just like, that's in my opinion what makes a good film is if you can picture in your head like it happening on a stage live because it's just that good on screen, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So and the, the setup and everything, the lighting that we were talking about and everything, I mean, literally, I mean, it's it's good, but it's just so just all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Even both of the movies, though, like you, there's a lot of parallels with the, obviously the, dialogue. If we were gonna yeah. put this into a subgenre, I would say it would be like parallel universe, because that's literally what it feels like almost. Yeah. Like be. we keep mentioning mentioning it, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think there are a lot of theories. I think the different scripts is really plausible. Too. I would love to see yeah. how many Reddit feeds there are on this film, if any, because there's got to be some of people yeah. saying, like, it happened this way. No, it happened yeah. that way. <laughs> yeah. 
I loved it. You should, you should see how many there are for the lighthouse. Oh God, I, I shudder to think. Oh, you could make a whole day out of those readings. <laughs> Overall, I really enjoyed this film, though. I mean, I'd I did. Again. I mean, it was a good. It was I'd a good give watch. It like a seven. No, I'd give it like an eight and a half or a nine, actually. I really liked it. I yeah. Know. And Aubrey Plaza was so good in that. Yeah, some of the scenes just frustrated me. It it was frustrating. And especially in the first half. Yeah. The second half half was a lot better. The only thing that really made me mad was like how they didn't help. And yeah, they, they didn't help. But I but think also... that is a representation of like what happens on movie yeah, sets. Yeah, they kind of just ignored like, the, that was going on. Yeah, because like. Yeah, exactly. the studios the, the, only care about getting the project. Yeah, done. which is like his whole basis of, like he basically in the end, if like she did kill herself or whatever mm. for the bear, like. Well, the thing is, those like employees aren't paid well. Yeah. You know, and like. So I think it's. Uh, reflective. Like, yeah, reflective because they're like, if we try to do something, we'll lose this job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we need this job. And so, like, I think it, yeah. That's what happened, um, totally, totally random and different. But, I mean, that's kind of what happened to the assistants that were trying to help Britney. Britney Spears. Like, they literally were trampled, like, metaphorically speaking, because they tried to step in. So, yeah, no, that's definitely a thing. I give it a, I give it, I give it a 7 out of 10, honestly. I get that. But even in both things, like, with Gabe, he was still the bad guy, kind of. Yeah, he was a bad guy. But so it makes sure. me think it's scripts and she's just rewriting. Yeah. But in the second one, she's like, I'm going to treat this as a movie about it, like a, more of a biography. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's also depicted when, again, like one of my favorite scenes is when he asks her to, like the first shoot that they did, it was like super, super intense mm-hmm. and like very good and gnarly. And then they did it again later on and she was like much softer, but she was still like screaming and everything. And both times he was like looking and like watching her in the viewfinder and everything. And you can tell that he's like just on some next level shit watching it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you are sick. Yeah. Like, why? That, you know, that makes me question. Cause as big as I am into movies and like the conspiracies, but I'm, but I'm Wow, words behind Hollywood and everything, and like the dark side and everything. Like, is it? Are there really directors and like producers and managers out there that like do that? Like, well, I probably. Wonder? Yeah, Stanley Kubrick did it to Shelley Duvall. Yeah, he also did it to other people though. Like, um, oh man, I can't remember. I was reading about it. Well, I she, only know about the that, Shelley. Case. Do you know what she did? Or he did? He like went and he told, or he told uh, Shelley that everyone on set hated her. Even, um, what's his name? Jack. Yeah, Jack, Jack hated... Nicholson? Yeah, Jack, he, he was like, Jack Nicholson, he hates you the most to her. And like, That's like so, so manipulative. So, yes. so, yeah, so when he, like, chops in there and he puts his head in, like, that is some real terrified yeah. screaming. Well, yes, and, but also there was behind... And now we're getting on a different topic, but I must say, there were, like, actual footage found... I shouldn't say footage found, but footage published of, like how like derogatory he was being to her on set in terms of how he was addressing her and like he was making her go back and do it even more intense every single time and that's but he did that with everyone Mm. he did he made everyone re re like reshoot a thousand times it wasn't he did it in another movie too like Like, great director but absolutely awful person as a human being (laughs) like that i also read something where you know 
Allison is technically, like, she's still in this position of power as a director or a producer or whatever she is because, you know, even, she, like, she tells him, I'm not saying those lines. Yeah. Like, in the second half, and she kind of still has that power to, like, change parts of the movie and stuff. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick still makes some good movies. He, I mean, he is a magnificent director and cinematographer. <laughs> He's an awful person, but the movies are. Yeah, the movies are absolutely just out of this world, but, um. But that's, like, even when um he went in the room and she was crying or whatever, and he, like, pinned her down to the bed and was like, you asked for this, you asked to be the star of the movie, you had to be the star of the movie. Yeah. yeah. And and then that's when, that's kind of when they were like, you need to go. But I think, I don't think she was crying because of the pressures of being the star. I think she was just crying because of the situation that she yeah. was in. Because literally, uh, Rory mentioned how it was frustrating, and where I felt frustrated was like, I found myself, and y'all may know what this phrase means, I'm pretty sure y'all do, but I found myself like breaking the fourth wall every time mm -hmm. I would see them, uh, Gabe and what's her face? Blair. Blair. Them fighting and her, um, Algie's character, Allison, just sitting there, not yeah. doing anything, yeah. not leaving. She kind of played into how he was being manipulated. Yeah. 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 I'm like, girl, you either need to step in and say something to help because this is your And that's when Blair project. was like, you can't face emotions. You have to make a joke. After or that. you need to freaking leave. Yeah. Pack your shit and go, you know? And then it was also, like, frustrating, like, when she did try to go, and then Blair was like, no, 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 I'll go. You stay here, and you guys stay open. Yeah. God, Blair was fucking nuts. I was like, yeah, but I can't even blame her. They were all, like, so yeah. infuriating, but then they all had some redeeming qualities. I don't think Gabe had any. No, he didn't. No, Gabe, Gabe was definitely just the worst character yeah. overall. And then, but I also, like, it's still, like, I like how the mention of a husband, how she doesn't have a husband, and or, you know, but she actually does. Mm -hmm. and, and how mom. that plays because into he was her such, mom, yeah, mom being dead. And, because he was such an awful character, and, like, just did not have a lot of redeeming qualities, unlike the other two characters, I literally had no problem sitting there and just ripping him to shreds. But also sitting there and thinking, like, you know, it's really sad that, like, you're such a shitty character, because oftentimes, like... If you're even somewhat attractive and you're playing a role in a film, usually it's kind of redeeming, at least for me, when you as an attractive character come back and you're a good person and, you know, like, I like you and everything. And not, not him. <laughs> not the you case. You know what else? When he kept eating, like, celery or something. It was annoying. It was aggravating. I was like, dude, didn't you guys I just eat? didn't even notice that one. And then he asked for Tromex and the girl was, like, trying to hand him the cup and she was, like, and, like, pouring it into his hand. <laughs> Like, he just kept snacking the whole oh time my God. she was in the final scene while she was on the floor crying. Jesus. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Well, that's another thing. You have to rewatch this to see everything and yeah. hear everything. Yeah. Like, it takes multiple rewatches. There's so many levels. Yeah. But I really, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a ride. It was, it was definitely a ride. I watched it again today, actually. I would feel, you know, yes. It was all right, though. I would watch it again, yeah. Probably yeah. not for a bit. Yeah, I would listen to the I would listen to the album as definitely again, and I would watch this film again if I like you know. But like other than that, that's about it. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna wrap it up. But yeah, that's the film. That's the album for this week. Um, we'll be back next Saturday. We're just gonna be Death Heaven podcast from now on. Only yeah. only their albums. You know there are actual podcasts out there that just discuss literally one, one film yeah, or one band yeah. and they have thousands of followers. Yeah. Crazy. Anyways, yeah, tune back in next people week. People like to talk people Watch like you. to talk and relate about stuff. Yeah. That's why podcasts <laughs> are becoming so popular <laughs> yeah. in twenty twenty two. Um but anyways, yeah. 
we're gonna head on out. So come on back next weekend. And come on back don't. now. If you yeah, come on back now. You hear? <laughs> Anyways, um, we'll see y'all guys later. <laughs> you know why? See you guys. No, you won't. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll think about you guys. Where is that from? I think that what? ended. Come on back now, y'all. Oh, I yeah. thought that was from Billy Ray Cyrus. No, it's not Billy Ray Cyrus. I think it's Minnie Pearl. Oh, yeah. From I'm going to say. Did y'all ever watch Yeehaw? I did. No. Very I love briefly. Yeehaw. I was more of a Mama's Family person. Oh, I love Mama's Family, too. Yeah. So my good. mom used to make me watch Mama's Family. <laughs>